Like, you leave. <laughs> no, I mean, that means you can't leave. Said, damn, I'm trapped. <laughs> yeah, let's get <clears throat> You know what it is, yeah. Welcome back to You Know What It Is podcast. It's your boy. You know that. There we go. Damn, man, I'm getting used to the new buttons, man. Uh, today with me, I got... Twilly. There we go. And Chris Crooks. Yes, sir. Crew Chef, man, they with us. They here in the building, man. We got um, we got Brooklyn Bowl coming May, May 20th. I hope y'all got y'all tickets, man. This shit is going to be live. This is going to be an amazing event. Uh, this is going to be the first time my guy Chris gets to perform in Vegas. Uh, gets to blow the fucking house down, man. So what you got What you got coming for the people, man? First of all, how you doing? I'm great, man. Uh, how you been? I'm shit. I'm chilling. I'm chilling, man. You see, we we finally we got the move going. Uh, we in a new vi- uh, new spot. Yeah. It's real nice. I'm, I'm digging it, man. We, I'm real happy. Appreciate y'all having me. You know, y'all always make sure we chilling and we comfortable. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Um, every time me and Vari link up, we always talk about food. Or like he'll notice, like uh, he noticed the food that I say in my raps. Then we'll be talking about food. You know what I'm saying he helped me out on a recipe one time. <laughs> you got some, um, you got some new, you got some new recipes for me. You know uh, something new? Yeah, I can turn you up on some shit. I've been making pancakes. You know what I'm saying you know breakfast my shit. Mm-hmm. As they seen in the last episode yeah. when I beat this nigga. <laughs> Yeah, you feel me? Are you gonna keep bringing that up? It's on the internet. Uh, damn. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, when I first met him, you know, he's a chef and all that shit. I told him I make better eggs than him. You know what I'm saying? So, my first episode on, you know, what it is was an egg off. I was uh, experimenting with some shit, man. That's his fault. It was a spicy offering, you feel me? And it was just, a little, yeah, you know what I mean? For the for the, my Hispanic people, I was working at Juan's Flaming Fajitas at the time, so it was like, all right, let me go ahead and show them something that I, just I learned. came with a good hood cheese egg that you couldn't lose with, you feel me? <laughs> and then I made it a little scramble with some mushrooms. Yeah, man. You know, he, the cheese of the, of the fucking iron, the government cheese of the iron. It's a, <laughs> it's, good. It's a method. <laughs> I'm gonna tell niggas the method. I'll never tell the method. It's where it's about when you put the cheese in. So you put a little bit of cheese in as you whipping. Put a little bit of cheese in when it's in the pan. You put a little bit on when they done. That way you get the perfect amount. You know what I mean? It spread through real good. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. And it don't it don't burn too much. Don't it's get all too about crusty. How you, if you like your shit a little runny, whatever. If you like them dry. You know what I'm saying? With the with the food that you actually be putting in your rhymes, since you mentioned it, do you actually? Are these foods that you've actually tasted yes. when now then? So the portobello mushrooms with the with the goat cheese and yes. our, or was that goat cheese or was it goat meat? Um, goat cheese. Goat cheese. I had goat meat recently. It's kind of chewy. You just recently had it. This is your first time? No, like it was. What the fuck was that shit? It was like a like you peel the shit back type shit. Like eat it like it was real life goat. Not like not like it was a gyro or like mm-hmm. no, that's more so lamb, but like literally like goat meat. Like it was some shit I peeled back and ate the meat off the bone. Yeah. Mm. That was my bad. I don't know, man. You got to go to the Jamaican spot, get the curry goat. They'll, they'll hook you up right, man. That should be tender. I hate to eat shit that come with instructions. Mm. Like, so you don't eat crawfish? I. That's I a lot of instructions right there. Back and then I got to yep. crack the shell yep. and then get the crab. You got to get the head, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Pause. You said what? Crab boils are difficult. 
Bro, no, like, facts. gotta put the little glove and shit on. You gotta make yeah. sure you take. take the, oh, give me a knife, man. Give me the shit out. Like I'm doing surgery. But yeah, definitely always some shit that I've ate or experienced. You know what I'm saying? And then I just put it in there. I, I'm a foodie. You know what I'm saying? I, I take that and, and everything. Every time I go somewhere, I want to know where the best food is. Yeah. If I'm going to a new city, I know exactly what I want to try already. And you know, we experiment with shit in the crib. So yeah, I'll be where, seeing. Where'd you used to find it? Like, how, how do you find, like, the food spots or whatever? You go word um, of mouth or you start, like, Googling before you even hit the city, just be like, best food spots? Um, just being in the music, you hear rappers rap about food. Mm-hmm. Oh, facts. So, I mean, obviously, everybody don't need to go to Compton and shit, but Kendrick rap about Louis Burgers. I got a homie that grew up in Compton that told me about Louis Burgers. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, you'll hear Dom Kennedy rap about Doolin's. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, damn, when I go to L.A., let's try this. Dom Kennedy literally tells you which Roscoe's to go to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so just, You can't go to the one that's that's that everybody's going to in Hollywood. You got to go to the one in uh, Pico. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now that I'm in a new location, I live in a new city, I take it upon myself to tell you where to eat at. You know what I'm saying? So Or where I'm going or what I'm eating. Because my other music, I'm telling you about Cincinnati restaurants that I'm eating. At. You know what I mean? So, yeah. If you outside, you outside, man. Facts. Speaking of Cincinnati, how do you feel about the draft, man? That's a, we're gonna just gonna graze past this one real quick because I feel like with Cincinnati had like what five, four, six. They had the most people that came out of their school this year. Oh, draft wise, yeah. They were an amazing team this year. <clears throat> we had we had the young boy uh, from Cincinnati. I think he went to the Giants or something like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you follow? Did you follow college when it was? A little bit, but I've never really been a college sports person for real. For real. when I was when I went to University of Cincinnati, I was tapped in with the games and stuff gotcha. like that. But like, college just has never really been my bag. It's always been professional sports for me. You know what I mean? But but we definitely making some good strides, and the University of Cincinnati has become a great breeding ground for sports, which it once was in the Jordan Brand era days. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. uh, even I think me and Vic was talking about the Pistons one time, and I remember the Pistons winning. And Jason Maxiel was on there fresh out of the University of Cincinnati, number 54. You feel me? Yeah. He was on there with James Flight White and other niggas we see. Yeah. I need to, like, really tap in with that shit because I feel like being a local now that we have sports and shit like that, people are going to start asking me and, you know, talking about the shit. I don't really tap in, like, with um, our college side. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like UNLV, um, any Nevada sports, talk about it or be about it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I think I want to try to change that shit up a little bit because we do have some people that I've been uh, speaking to that actually work on the campus and stuff like that that we can get in touch with. So um, this sports shit is definitely something that I definitely want to dive into. Have you been still, because um, I know we talked before, is there still a plan for uh, how you're going to come after Brooklyn Bowl? As far as like music as in, Yes, sir. Yeah, um we just been recording a lot, you know, Pistons fans, man, type of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we just been, uh, we just really been stacking up a lot of music. You know what I'm saying? Um, I spent a lot of time out here the first year in Vegas, really just trying to like assess the climate and see what they want out here. You know what I'm saying? See, see, see what they're, what they're expecting out of the artists that they see, so that I can add that to my game. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I spent a lot of time doing that. So. It feels like the best time ever to really release and really be in my bag and really come from a better place with everything I've learned over just this last year and a half, two years of my life. So, so what's the next song you dropping? 
Uh, the next song I'm dropping is called Can't Stop the Rain. When I coming out? Slash not ready. They're not ready, man. When are they coming out? The day of the Brooklyn Bowl show. Bad. So a fan of the show um, showed me a song called Family. He keeps saying you got to release that. Um, <laughs> you gonna get him killed, when, man. When you gonna? You don't get that man killed. When, when you gonna plan on releasing that? That's my country cousin. You talking about man? That's his, <laughs> that's his favorite song that I've ever like made. But you know, Quick is a gasser. You feel me? <laughs> nah, that song. That song is fire. I don't think he be gassing, bro. No, that's always fine. I mean, no, no, no. He, 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 he definitely you, means what he says, he gonna but, tell you straight but up. he always going to yeah. be like, this is the best thing that you've ever done. <laughs> With the twang. It's like, not because not I made the beat, but. Crew Chef, this is the best beat that you have ever made. It's one of them. This is my favorite beat from you. Yeah. I mean, so when a nigga yeah. tell me everything I do, is, yeah, but my dog really love that song, though. That's, that's like the fire. basis of our friendship, though. We literally say that to each other. Family mean everything. I've never been, become cool with a nigga so quick, probably other than this nigga. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I've never had somebody just have so much animosity for me and think he's so much better than me for no reason. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's just how he is. It's that competition, man. Oh, I don't man. know what it is in him, man, but, hey, it's it's always friend, it's really friendly competition. He's a better so. rapper than me. Ten years of <laughs> that, experience, that, he think he a better fucking rapper. That part is crazy. That's my dog, so, man. But I love that song, though. You got any plans for releasing that? Um, I haven't really thought about it yet. I really owe down on him because I told him I'd post a snippet of it for his birthday. His birthday was four months ago, so I'm yeah. a shitty friend. You know <laughs> um, but I, I might I might swing back and do that for my dog and just let the people hear. It is one of my favorite records that we've ever done. You know what I'm saying? But it's just one of those ones you be holding on. Like, now nah, I want to get this to the people in a specific way. These are my little kids, man. You feel me? So I'll be real particular about how I want them to happen. I feel you. I feel you. When it comes to the Brooklyn Bowl show, though, what's that? What's that looking like? As far as the set, yeah, um, can't stop the rain is on there. <laughs> you got you got the order, or you're not gonna give us all the sauce right oh, now? Oh nah, you just gotta see it. You feel me? You gotta, you gotta see. Pop it. You gotta be there. You gotta be there. But listen, oh, since he there. said it, can't stop the rain. Trust and believe. I'm probably gonna be the loudest nigga in the room. As you should. Okay. In the room. Yeah. Remember the little jump that you did before this. To get on this shit, I was, bro, I st- I think I still got the video. I'm going to splice it in this bitch because I definitely was in that motherfucker. Niggas was like, damn, all right. Yes, this shit is the shit. Y'all it niggas is. don't understand. The first time he showed me the shit, I was like, yo, I got to get the visual going. We got to get something going. So when I went it, like when we were going to do the um the first Friday joint, uh, for- this man still didn't put it on silent, though. That's Dallas crazy. Burn Hills ass That's crazy. Why you keep referencing the Pistons, dog? You <laughs> sick. I'm gonna regret it in five years. That's crazy. K Cunningham got to grow a beard to get live. Get you a pair of talking about another grown man's beard. What? Basketball. I mean, show me a playoff run. You feel me? Oh my God! Who's your squad? Show me a winning season. Who's your squad? What were you asking me? <laughs> so, uh, like I was saying, um, <laughs> like I was saying, uh, yeah, that can't stop the rain. It's beautiful, man. Uh, when we were about to do it for the first Friday, Joan, we put together some things. Uh, I still want to utilize that. 
that shit that we had did just because I felt like what you were doing with the timing and everything was correct. I mean, the song is still going to blow like I think it should blow because that motherfucker, if niggas ain't listening to that, if y'all not listening to Chris Crooks at this moment, man, y'all need to tap in. Y'all need to make sure y'all are, are hitting, getting him on all DSPs because the shit blow. And I'm not trying to gas like you be feeling like niggas, nigga, for real. Yeah. When we sit down and we have these conversations about artists in the city that we listen to, your name is one of the first ones that come up. You know what I mean? And it's not no to Even blow your head up, guests. your ego. Like, yeah, like, like when they ask a conversation about you and they'll bring it up. They'll be like, yo, like who is somebody we should, Chris, make sure you tap into this. You know what I mean? Because it's like this this music is it's real, it's authentic, it's fucking it's fire as fuck, bro. It's fire. This man right here. This man right here is crazy. Sick in the head, he's insane. Man, I just do my best, bro. When I turn that computer on, it's whatever. So what what happened with the link up? How did that happen? I wanna know. Let the people know how that happened initially. Cause you said you linked up with him and it was like I'm gonna let him tell the story because he hit me up. It's crazy, man. I was having a one of the wildest years of my life, 2015. Um, long story short, man, crashed out, yeah. ended up back at home. Um, I'm sweeping the floor, just chilling, just trying to vibe, find some music on SoundCloud, and I heard this young cat named Chris Crooks. Um, this album called East Side Story. What's the song called? Righteous. He got the song called Righteous, and it just kind of put me back in my school uniform. I'm like, damn, he took me back. I, I used to feel like that. So I hit him up, like, yo, I got to make some music with you. What's up? Sent him, like, 10 beats. He sent me a video with every... He rapped the whole verse over every beat in, like, a matter of, like, an hour or two, dog. He sent a video? Over Snapchat. Snapchat, yeah. Look at technology, bro. Look at where we at. Yo, I'm going to send you these beats. All right, bet. I'm about to make some songs with them, and I'm going to send you the video. It was, like, from, from SoundCloud to Snapchat to real life, dog. We met up a few months after that for the first time in my city in Dayton. Okay. First time ask. I met this nigga, I was picking him up to go to the studio. Uh, How far is Dale from uh, Cincinnati? 45 minutes. <sighs> that ain't shit. Took him to get a fish play, had a studio session. Whole time, I'm thinking he just want to see some beats. He like he want to see if I'm really making the beats. <laughs> he think, he think I'm he fake. Testing you. He testing yeah. you. I don't remember really it happening like that. I think I was just high. <laughs> now, so this, now, this is exactly what happened. I go over to my homie Chill House. I'm cooking up. I'm making a beat. I'm like, you like it? He just like, what you mean? Ain't nobody ever just kind of shrugged me off. But he was like, man, I, I ain't even going to lie. This slap. I just wanted to see if he was really making them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I just wanted to see if he was faking the funk. Have you ever asked somebody, uh, artist, to come in and be like, damn, let me go ahead and see the process. Let me sit down and let me, you know, chop it up with this dude like this. Uh, that's actually how I work from, from the start, man. Like right. a rapper taught me how to produce. My dude, Trip Fontaine. Mm -hmm. um, so ever since then, it's just been me in close-knit with the artists, just working from the song to the marketing to the release to the stage. I've never really just sent beats unless it was like some industry shit. Right. Um, but in my travels, I'm learning that's the best way to make music, just a real organic connection with a real person. So what made you move with Chris here? Um, I moved to Cincinnati with dude. Okay, so it started there from yeah, after the first meet. Y'all got to to making some shit going. Then he came to your city, and he was like, "All right, fuck it, I'm a." Cause like I was like literally, I I go up the day and swoop him up. He'll stay at my crib for the weekend. I might have to work or whatever, but he just hold up in my in my 
my mama crib making beats. Watching Money Talks on repeat. <laughs> I had like a DVD player. It just had, I had Money Talks on DVD, and I had like some Jordan DVDs and shit. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was, I was boxed in. And you were watching the same shit over and over, making beats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was performing a lot at home. We always had it slapping back home, and we was just, like, dropping songs and shit like that. So I would have shows, like, two shows a week, a week, a show every week. And I just was bringing him down. I wanted him to get acclimated with everybody. I wanted everybody to work with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it got to the point where I was like, nigga. I never had nobody just set me up like that, though, man. Like, Real authentic cat introduced me to other artists. Like, bro, just go ahead and get your workout. Let's get going. Let's spin. Let's network. I'm like, damn. Usually people just try to keep me holed up in the studio. <laughs> like, for them. And the, the common perception is that I have Dev locked up somewhere just making me beats to only, like, make for me. Right. And really, I've always wanted everybody to work with him. And I feel like everybody, he's specific to everybody's sound. He has something for everybody that's going to push them to the next level. I feel that. That's the whole point, man. If I can't add value to you or increase what you're doing, I'm probably not going to step in the ring with you, period. I just want to improve you, dog. What made you actually start the produ- producing? Um, man, I was a biomedical engineering major in college. What the Crazy. fuck is with you smart niggas fucking becoming producers and engineers and shit? Like, my boy Kyle, he, he's going to be um, working out of the studios and shit like that. He is a quantum physics engineer or some okay, shit like so that. Okay, so studying inorganic chemistry and all of that. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. Bro. Yeah. I'm I like, a, nigga. I was actually going to do that in the Air Force. What uh, the fuck Biomedical is equipment. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to do that in the Air Force, but I didn't want to wait. See, I only learned biomedical engineering so I could make sneakers. Wait, you need that to make sneakers? Well, I mean, you got to think, man. Like, when, when a company like Nike is doing, like, research and design, mm-hmm. they're putting motion sensors on basketball players holding strings to them to see, like, how far can you jump under this certain tension or how how fast can you run under these elements. So it's not just about, oh, I can make a cool design on the shoe. They're recording all of that data, and then, like, that's how you get these interesting concepts. Gotcha. It's from information. Mm. So I was like, damn, I want to make sneakers, but I was in biometrics class, man. My dude, Trip Fontaine, came downstairs after I left class, was like, yo, I'm trying to rap. You want to make beats? I'm like, cool. Uh, he taught me how to make beats that night, and I think I skipped the next three or four days of class. Damn. And I just made my decision right there. See, that's what it is, man. It's the will and the, you know what I mean? It's the, 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 um, what is the word? What is the fucking word? You just took this, you just took that chance. Yes. You know what I mean? You stepped out on yourself and was like, yo, I got this shit. After the first time you made the beats, you was just like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. You just knew? I mean, yeah, man, because a lot of people talk about their purpose and their search for their purpose, but, like, about like you don't realize that you feel your purpose inside of you, man. Yeah. It's like when you see your first love, you just feel that tingle. When I touch the keyboard and I start making beats, I'm like, okay, this is, like, I could do this for the rest of my life. And I made that decision right there. Do you play multiple instruments or just? Um, as a kid, I played drums and violin. And then, like, now I mainly, like, experiment on the keys. But I can, you give me anything, man, you give me some time, I can learn it. I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Master Splinter. <laughs> bro, like a- you need one of those, bro. Yeah. You need one of those that is multifaceted and all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, me, my process of how I even create is just, like, a little different. Because a lot of it is me thinking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I spend a lot of time thinking, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then it all, I just have streams of consciousness where shit pours out and I'm able to lay it out the way I should. Like, I've never seen somebody work so hard to qu- that it's, like, questioning me on if I'm working. Mm. You know what I'm 
I'm saying? Because it don't matter what's going on. <laughs> yeah, man. We don't we don't work with some of the toughest times, dog. Do y'all do you ever lock yourself in the booth and just be like, or not in the booth, but in the uh, studio and just be like, all right, I'm about to push out X amount of tracks. I used to, and that's ended up that's how I ended up getting good, man. Like like I said, 2015 was a rough year, so like uh, totaled the whip, lost the apartment, lost my girl, lost my job. You feel me? So I had no choice but to be holed into the studio. I ended up sleeping in the studio for like nine months. Mm. Every day I wake up, I'm making beats for at least eight to nine hours a day. Just got to the point where I was that good. Um, so now I can make beats. You know what I'm saying? I, I can I can take days, weeks in between making music and it still be a one. But it just it took that intense period of time to really yeah. focus up. Yeah. About mm. how many beats was that? Like, in the um, eight nine ten to twelve. Damn. 10 to 12, bro. Like, so that's like two beats an hour almost. Yeah. Because, I mean, after a while, you start making them shits real quick. Because Kanye said he was doing five. Five beats a day for five for five summers, right? Yeah. Ten summers. What? three summers? Yeah, three, some three shit. Three summers, something. Dog. There we go. I'm glad y'all brought that up. So y'all watched the Genius Jump. Hell yeah. So y'all seen how my man's had a videographer with him. My man's quit his job to just follow Kanye. You know what I mean? Do y'all feel like, um, I mean, even with me working with Cable right now, I feel like that is something that a lot of people are missing in their team. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people just think, all right, rapper, producer, we good to go. Now it's an image. You know what I mean? Before, Kanye was ahead of his time, obviously. He was like, yo, we got to make sure we get this footage. We got to make sure we're getting the behind the scenes. We got to show what we're actually doing in the studio. Do you guys actually do that now? Uh, that's something that's always been a constant, and I think we both got better at it around the time we met and really started pushing the envelope as far as what that looked like. Right. Um, excuse me. Um, Instagram has always been like a breeding ground for us, like in terms of like testing out markets and seeing what works visually. So we were able to do that by like doing behind the scenes showing certain parts of our process or I'm so insane and I'm such a sports nut. Everything is like a sport, a, a Nike commercial or mm -hmm. a Jordan commercial or like, yeah, you know I mean, everything is just like that to me as far as marketing goes. Um, and we started figuring out how to apply how I see things and how he sees things. You know what I mean? Cause I'm creative in my own right, but this nigga is literally like a design guy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it just messed like my stream of consciousness with somebody who understands process mm -hmm. and somebody who understands how to talk to me. I always believe you talk to people the way that they listen. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we both understand the kind of people that people are. I understand him. He has to understand X's and O's. He has to hear it a certain kind of way or it's going to be like, eh. You know uh, what I'm saying? Listening is one of the most active practices that we have as human beings, dog. If you intensely listen to somebody, you can recall everything that they <clears throat> say to you. You can build rapport, establish relationship. 30 seconds can last a lifetime if you do it right. Right. Facts. Um, I learned that just like, <clears throat> when he says this creative process of mine, dog, I, I adopted my entire creative process from Tinker Hatfield, bro. Tinker Hatfield designed most of the Jordans. Mm. What he did was he listened to Mike. He went to Mike's life. He saw Mike and put Mike's life into the sneaker. So I'm with this dude every day. I'm putting his life into the music, whether he know it or not. You know what I'm saying? The sample might be saying something that he done been through. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it might catch him and make him say something completely different. That's just how I work, though. How do y'all move around the samples? Um, I mean, to be honest, man, we, <laughs> we rolling the dice because on, if, if, if the music's that big enough, they're going to take it down. And if they take it down, I mean, we're doing that something we, right. Exactly. 
We try not to let us let that hold us back in that regard. Some of our biggest records are are sampled. Um, we our signature sound when we started linking up together was that soulful slap. You know what I'm saying? Sunday school. From exactly from from his instrumental tapes that he was doing, and then I I used to tell people he was I used to say he was Baby Ye. You know what I'm saying? But like <laughs> he he it passed him even being Baby Ye and just being something in his own because I haven't heard anybody flip a gospel sample the way he does. Ye included. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it just kind of got to that certain kind of point where, like, everything he would send me would be crazy. And every, and I would have something for it or it would take me to a certain kind of place. It's like we literally just, like, making each other do something different. Right. You know what I mean? So. When it comes to the, mar- the marketing aspect, I know you were talking about that a little bit. Um, when you sit down and you start doing your projects – are you guys actively together like, yo, all right, I'm going to make these beats, and then it's just what you see in your head, or do you bounce ideas off of him and what is going into the final product? Um, so it depends. We both make so much music that, like, I'll have music that's really just for specific things. Excuse me. Um, like, Wait, hold on. Do y'all want something to drink? I feel like an asshole. What you got? Um, I have tequila. I have... Uh, Margarita jumps, and I got a beer. What's up with tequila? Tequila? Yeah. Damn, all right. Straight like that. Yeah. Yeah. You want um Dr Pepper, or Coke, Pepsi? I ain't got no um no light. You good? We just gonna drink it straight. Shit. All right. Yeah, I'm smooth, bro. Where the cups at? Yeah, crazy. I think these niggas took all my cups. That's all good. They took all my cups. We're home for now. Yeah. Ride a boat. Oh, boat. <laughs> We're going to do that in, in, in due time. I got to say some shit first, though. <laughs> but it's like, we make so much music. Um, like, I'll have a bunch of, a set of music that I'm making, and it'll just be some for some specific idea that I have. It's just some folder of songs that we have that are all in, all in the same vein, uh, coming from the same place creatively. And then sometimes, like, I just noticed that, like, my music kind of reveals itself to me over time. I, 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 I transition from being, like, um, just, like, a barred-up rapper, mm-hmm. just, like, just having, you know, 24, 36 joints to just, like, um, really kind of rapping in lifestyle about my day-to-day and just everything. That yeah, it's my more life like storytelling, right? Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Which makes me a better writer in a sense, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm able to explain my idea differently. So with me transitioning to that, it's kind of opened up the lane as far as what I want to do and what I want to think musically. I normally have so many ideas, it's it's hard to start picking. Um, I look at him as an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, when when actors get a big role, they develop they have to go into a method and, and, and develop this character in and outside of work. Um, when his music starts to come together, it just so happens that his life is moving at full speed. Yeah, like I. Based off today, an album is coming soon. <laughs> That's on God. Y'all yeah. don't even know. Just yeah. off of today. Bro, off today, yeah. he got an album dropping soon. Yeah. Just because of the way That's what I like to fucking work. hear. A dog that know me for like five years, and when I say my life is a movie, it's not no flex. I ain't gonna lie. It's seven years at this point. Yeah. Like we almost 10 deep, man. So, like, it's, it's he just he just goes into this mode like even when we make this we have a project called Chestnut Checkers, um, it's definitely like a, a cult classic like our core fans mm-hmm. and people that just find him always gravitate towards that album, right? But he just he learned how to play chess. He learned everything about the game of chess, dog. 
um, from from the masters to just watching movies, how it's referenced in culture, just to fortify his mind and strengthen it. Like, okay, I'm gonna address my music this way. I'm gonna go at it this way. And then when we when we were developing marketing and ideas for things, it was very methodical. But he had been thinking in terms of chess, so we just thinking outside of the box, different ways to play the game. Right. So the way it hit the people was crazy. Have you always been like this with your music, like just thinking about it methodically and just like not wanting to, all right, I'm going to just throw these singles and shit against the wall and see what sticks. You oh, Do you always have a plan that comes out with your music? I've always tried to have some sort of method to the madness, but it's like it comes really just from being a fan of music. Mm-hmm. Before I was making music, I was already such a fan of music that I had an idea of how like, okay, everybody's album is dropping on Tuesday or okay they're pushing this date back because they want to get the sales from this day or we're watching we don't even know when we watching 106 in park and when we watching all the breakfast club all this stuff growing up we watching everybody on their promo run on their marketing run this is the time where they tell you exactly what they about to give you yep you know what I'm saying so when you see people do that in different ways you just start noticing who you like doing it the most so you think about it like a player you know what I'm saying oh I like him he a slasher oh nah he a 3 and D guy he just good, good defense to the like team he can shoot you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Or, nah, I like him. He a playmaker. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> boom, boom. So it's like I figured out whose style I liked. You know what I mean? Um, I loved how Ross brought out every single one of his artists in terms of marketing, how he let everybody get their shine, how he let everybody get their point across. He spent a little budget and let everybody get a good sound. You know what I'm saying? Like you see that with things. I loved how Nip was doing things prior to the victory lap. I was telling him about the shit that that Nip was doing and implemented into what we had going on 2017. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Just because I seen it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, shit, cuz know exactly how to hit his market. He know exactly how to bring people to one single place. You know what I'm saying? And I've always tried to master just having a draw in that sense. Go it. You're going to go here and click this music if I tell you to over here. Or if I put it here, you're going to go get it. Or if I tell you, you got, you got to do this to get the music, you're going to do it. I'm saying it's all about giving people good reasons. Don't nobody got to listen to your little mixtape. Nobody got to hear your raps. You know what I'm saying? People really don't want to. You know what I'm saying? So you have to present it in a way as to where it's like, this isn't just a rap. This is a product. Right. This is something you can live on. This is something you can buy into. You know what I'm saying? And people have been doing that with us for like five, six years at this point, seven years. You know what I'm saying? Which is fucking crazy. <laughs> See, it's crazy because... Even the concept of you talking about um, you starting your own shit and niggas don't have to listen to it. Because at the end of the day, you have it, it, it works both ways, even with the celebrities right now, right? They have their kids. All of their kids want to do something and be in the limelight and shit like that. Their music doesn't really get spins like that or whatever because just because you're somebody's kid doesn't mean that you automatically get that shine. And yeah. the amount of work that you putting into this shit. Because a lot of people just sit on their laurels and just be like, yo, you know, I was born into this shit. I'm going to just coast. I'm going to just coast off of what I got. But then um, um, not not work as hard to get to a point to where my people, to where I am in the same, spoken in the same vein as my people, my parents, my, you know what I'm saying? So in watching you do this shit, was your parents like um, somebody that... Like, your father, your mother, were they people that you looked up to and was like, yo, the work ethic that they're putting in, I have to put double in to make sure that I'm set for the next generation. Are you thinking like that? Uh, I definitely think like that now that I'm getting older, now that my siblings are getting older, and I'm just starting to notice the imprint that I have on them and how they live their lives. Because mm-hmm. I'm the, 
the second oldest out of seven. I'm my mom's only child, but the second oldest out of seven on my dad's side. So it's like I'm an only child, but I'm big brother at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So I, so I, I, it definitely trickles into what I'm doing because my little brother see my moves, my little sister see my moves. They see what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? And my dad is like, look at Chris. Chris is here. Go here. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, my dad do the same shit. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So, so he 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 makes it a point for them to know like, yeah, big brother trying to like some shit off, you know what I'm saying? He's trying to really do something good and just put the name out. Uh, my, I come from a family of just hardworking people on the blue-collar side, so ethic was just in everything. I started working when I was 16 because I had grown man-sized feet and I wanted J's. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you, you just kind of grow into it and you start applying your ethic to everything. You know what I'm saying? I've never worked as hard as I worked when I worked for Kings Island. It was the hardest I've ever worked <laughs> in my life. <laughs> That's an amusement park back home. But like, it built the ethic in me to where I'm like, oh shit, I'm spending this money and I'm going to the studio with it, or I'm just I just figured out ways to just do that and just apply myself. You know what I mean? So I ain't really had no choice, dog. Uh, I knew I was gonna go to college, or it was expected for me to go to college. So at the point that I really started doing music, I kind of started trying to hone in and balance that shit. You know what I'm saying? I um I had a full ride to college and didn't get to accept a scholarship, so. I mean, I had to take that ill, and then I ended up going to the University of Cincinnati, and that was cool. But, like, while I was in college, college, like, revealed itself to me that it wasn't for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm a process guy. I love to learn things. So being around a lot of knowledge like that is, like, a, a playground for me because I can just find shit to get into. You know what I'm saying? I love books anyway. You know what I'm saying? You just – I looked at college. It's like you, I'm paying you to give me a, give me the game. You know what I'm saying I'm paying you to give me this game and my and I was a communications major, mm-hmm. so I definitely took those two years of communications and the AP classes I took in high school and just applied that shit to how I talk to people, how I build relationships, what I do with things. You know what I'm saying um, I was able to take some of the cool classes and then I was taking psych and shit like that, so it just really dug in a certain parts of my mind. But college was like me just like really spreading out to my market, for real, for real. But I had to go to college. I I, I went twice. So I went first time because I felt like I had to. Mm-hmm. The second time I went to see if I really fucked with it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and I chose this both times. Same college both times? Mm-hmm. I feel you. I feel you. It's in the middle. Like, they proud. They're proud now. But, you know, when you decide that you're going to do some other shit, you got to produce. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't just say you about to throw away your, what some people believe your future to be. And then, you know what I'm saying, had nothing to show for it. So I felt I felt that fire on myself and not wanting to look like I was leaving college and then just not doing shit. I feel you. I feel you. So. Hard pivot. You go see Doctor Strange? For sure. What you think? Because I know you're a Marvel dude. Yeah. You be watching that shit. Yeah. What Willie said. Um, It was hard. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's one of those, very, it's very much so one of those, if you blink, you missed it type of joints. I went to sleep. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I did not see the ending. I woke up and Doctor Strange was talking to Clea. No spoilers, please. You ain't seen it? No. It's already been more than a week, my brother. Damn. All right. Nah, I no no spoilers though. Yeah, but I'm they like, had they had to pack in like twenty years of Marvel and freaking uh, TV shows and things into a two hour and yeah. a half movie. So like a lot of people were like. Like, it wasn't that good or whatever. But, like, when you actually pay attention to the details that went into it. Well, y'all can speak freely because I'm familiar with the story just off the comics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I know the movie is just kind of just going to embellish It's a loose, yeah, it's a mix of all of that. But I just feel like 
I mean, I'm a detail person too. Like I like to see all of the details and make sure I rewatch shit to make sure I didn't miss anything. This one I am going to have to go back and see. But um, initially, I just felt like it was too much going on. I couldn't really keep up with... Because I watch um, Emergency Awesome on YouTube. This dude, he just breaks everything the fuck down. So, like, before the movie, he'll break down all of the trailers, every single trailer that comes out across the fucking world. He'll break down the Chinese trailer compared to the American trailer because it'll have, like, two seconds worth of fucking some extra shit in there. And tell you why. And tell you why. Yeah. Wow. So I, I watch this dude, and that's where I'm feeling like I'm getting a lot of my lot. That's where I feel like I'm getting a lot of my knowledge from. Um, I'm sitting there and I'm watching this dude and he's telling me, yo, watch out for this, this, this. Okay. Now I go to the movie. I see this, this, and this. And then that, I don't know. I don't know what I was looking for from Dr. Strange. I mean, I feel like it delivered on what it needed to and pushing the story forward for sure. For sure. Cause I feel like, um, uh, what's that? Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I definitely feel like that was the best movie I've seen so far in the MCU lately. In a while. In, okay. Lately. You know what I'm saying? Did y'all watch Moon Knight? No, I did. Yeah. Got to watch. What the fuck? Y'all got to watch Moon Knight. Moon Knight is really good. I understand it's an obscure character. Not a lot of people really heard of this motherfucker. He's important to the But he is important story. to the furthering of what the fuck is about to happen. Secret Wars. Oh my nice God, bro! I have They're been nice listen. I want to see. I have been waiting for people to talk to about you know Marvel shit and just geeky shit like this. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because when I get in my car, like I don't really listen to music. If I do listen to music, you know what I'm saying? I'm turning on Chris. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, and Vic, you know what I'm saying? And other than that. He's not lying though. Like he literally only listens. I rode in the car with him. He literally yeah, only listens to local artists. You know what I mean? So literally, you're not gonna hear no mainstream shit unless it's Kendrick. Yeah. Other That's than that, safe. fucking, I listen to podcasts and fucking um, these Marvel things to get me ready for the next. You know what I mean? Because right now we got Miss um, Marvel coming out with uh, Kamala Khan. So I'm going back hoping that because everybody's saying that she might not be an inhuman i'm hoping that they do end up making her an inhuman and they put all of that detail in there because you got black bolt now yeah you know i mean you already introduced so once you introduce these people go ahead and integrate them with the rest of everybody else that you guys are introducing you know what i mean you want to see them do it right yeah and at the same time like dc y'all could definitely be doing it right but y'all, I feel like they're sticking to a script, and they haven't left that shit in 20 years. Yeah. Yo, Batman, Joker, Batman, Joker. Got to get the Joker in there somewhere. Well, in, in terms of DC, man, um, they're a very story-based. I love it. They're a very story-based brand, um, and they only have a few characters. Like, only have a few main characters, man. A few main superheroes. <sighs> what? I know they, 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 they have an expansive lot. universe, but, like, the people that know, like people know it's like Batman, Superman, uh, Wonder Woman, <laughs> Flash, Flash kind of the Green Lantern, kind of cyborg, kind of you know what I'm saying? I understand only what you're so saying. Much shit to go off of, you can only make so many variations of the Teen Titans. But huh. how did how did Marvel start? You start with an obscure, not an obscure character to most, but to the vast majority of movie watchers, Iron Man wasn't 
oh shit, we gotta go see who it, that's that nigga. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. before that Iron Man movie came out, Iron Man wasn't that popping in the comics. Well, like he was cool. But he wasn't popping like that. Robert Downey Jr. as well. That revitalized his career. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can definitely go grab some of these. If they do a Constantine movie right now, I go see that shit. Like a, a a good DC Constantine to get into the dark shit. Let's go. I'm with that horror movie type shit. Cause y'all wanted to make Batman. I felt like cause I did y'all see Batman? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So I I saw Batman. I felt like that shit was leaning towards yo this is about to be like some on some saw shit the way that the riddler was doing shit and maneuvering the city i was like yo if you're going to jump into horror and scaring niggas like this y'all might as well just go ahead and do the dark shit it was the first time it was dark and colorful so you got the experience of like the dark knight with like some of the elements of the 90s batman Mm -hmm. i just like that they did them like year two Cause yeah. he's like clumsy. He's like not perfect. His ass. Yeah, like he's he's not doing everything like right right away because all the other movies before it was almost like that. Like it was always like he was too perfect. He was already Bruce Wayne. Already yeah, perfect. he couldn't do anything wrong. Like so whether he was in the suit we knew or he was suit. gonna figure it out. Yeah, so I like I like how this is not like. So is Batman invincible? Because when that nigga smacked his head against that um, <laughs> that subway shit. That nigga should have been dead. I'm I'm the wrong person to ask on this subject because this is my favorite superhero. I literally was in a shouting... Fuck out of here. I was literally in a shouting match with Quick on the phone. I'm in public. Batman is your favorite superhero? Yes, he is. What makes him a superhero? Okay. Stop. Wait, wait, wait. Y'all not going to do that. Y'all not going to do that. Y'all not going to do that. No, I'm I'm asking a legitimate question. Wait. See, they are super, bro. Because not... You can't do what Batman does. That's yeah, what makes him I can throw on some spandex up. and fucking whoop some ass. Out. You, can, you can bench a thousand pounds. You can't bench a thousand. If I have fucking some sort of prosthetics that no, help no, me. No, Bruce Wayne benches a thousand by himself. No suit. Look okay. it up. But all you got to do is like work and train to be Batman, bro, and be trouble. But you got to be both. You got to be buff. Trouble. That's yeah. Batman. <laughs> you got to be buff and flexible, dog. Niggas. There ain't a lot of niggas who doing that. Either you flexible or you buff. You either or. Not yeah, a lot of not niggas. Not gonna is act both. like my niggas. Not like a trained warrior. Come on, he a ninja, Ooh. a whole ninja. <laughs> so we're we're all talking about things that regular humans can do. Nigga, a regular yeah, human can be a superhero. Everybody, you can't do what he do. Y'all see meteor man. If I train, Wait. if I train, get, let me train for five years. See if I can't be. Better. Can you build what he builds? Are you as smart as him? Are you, you the world's the greatest detective? If you go to school. If I go to school. Batman, Batman graduated from Harvard, all the Ivy League fucking schools. He has a degree from all of them shits. Okay. Listen, I do my shit, bro. I deep and dive I on this comic bullshit. If I study hard enough, I could be Batman. Too. Come on now. But you can't. That's why How long is that going to take you? Batman, it didn't take him that long. He's only about 40. If we're thinking about like the age that Batman gets to as we've been growing up, he's only gotten to about 40. Maybe if you're thinking about Batman Beyond, yeah, 60s or whatever, but he's only gotten to about 40. He graduated from all these Ivy League schools, gotten all these he degrees. How the, long will the, it take the, you to do that? He paid for the work to go there. He can afford yeah. to go, but he, he graduated. He graduated. He paid for him. I graduated from school. That means I if can I had, be Batman if I, too. Yeah, Off the fact that he done saved the city and been a part of Thank shit. Thank you. Multiple I want to see y'all niggas save times. the city. He is a catalyst in a lot of big <laughs> save plays. Save the city, nigga. We done put our hands on motherfucking Clark Kent. 
Made him a regular nigga. Boy. Talk your shit. Boy. Talk your shit. What? Bust him down. If I can beat a super, if I can beat a superhero ass, I'm, I'm a, a superhero. superhero. That's what I was telling you. Okay, that should be what y'all have led with, because everything else was futile. Get but the fuck should have led with that shit. That was him going on the whole academic <laughs> tangent. You know, Bruce Rip said the niggas a scum because we got. I'm just trying to tell you. Yeah, but Batman don't give a fuck about that shit ever. Bruce <laughs> is a different type of nigga, bro. He is. He's on another level. Now, does he have a battery in his back because his parents are dead? Yes. But does that mean that he's not a fucking superhero? No. He's dedicated his life to doing shit for niggas. He a billionaire. He can go do whatever the fuck he want. He over here trying to figure out how he can bring the city back and how he can help with other shit and what the fuck this nigga Clark yeah, How many here. times did they destroy the city just to and see And he rebuilds it. He probably rebuilt that. Just time. to see who he is. Every he fucking time. No matter. He rebuilt that shit. Come on, man. It's just one man <laughs> fucking everything up. <laughs> Is he I fucking everything up? Like when the city flooded, I was like, "What is my nigga about to do about this shit?" Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> for real, he one person. I'm like, what is, I'm like, it's Fuck only it. one nigga. It's like That's ten trucks, man. and he ain't got no freaking superpowers. And he ain't know he that was gonna happen. He though. He did say the he city. saved the city because and just that got makes him a superhero. And I love it's the fact that he didn't tell niggas he was Batman the whole movie. He said he was vengeance, nigga. Start branding this shit. Yeah, my boy was really in the. He's still in the studio trying to figure out. Trying to figure out who he is. Trying to find his sound. You know what I mean? He's just throwing bread at shit. You feel me? Like fuck it. Let me see if this works. I feel it. A man. I mean, shit. What are what are we without the yellow sun? To be honest, so. We dead. We dead too. Open up your third eye. Like, come on now. Like Doctor Strange. That movie was the shit though. They did their thing. Man. That's I my like, boy, man. I enjoy the entire. Thing. I, I gotta rewatch it. I fuck with it. I gotta. I've started watching this other uh, dude on YouTube, Marvelous or something, Mavalade or some shit like that. Mary Mavel, Mary Marvelous or some shit. I don't know, but he breaks down everything. All comics, well, all Marvel comics. He breaks all that shit down. All the backstories, all the origins. So I just been rewatching and shit like that. I went back and I watched uh, the old '90s X Men. I went back and watched the old Fantastic Four, F- Silver Surfer. Not, bro, all of that shit was amazing. Like, I could r- keep rewatching that. The stories that they were telling were literally for adults. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like we, as children, we missed all that shit. Go back and watch that shit. Because they had a whole season of um, X-Men 97, where Wolverine and Storm were married. Yep. And fucking everybody was hating them and everybody was racist and the shit was great. A whole mm-hmm. season. I'm like, damn, alright. This is what I'm talking about. Real. That's the shit that I like in my in my cartoons. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like at the end of the day, motherfuckers look at this shit like, oh, it's for kids, it's for kids. It's like, nah, it's just it's interesting to look at. And then they're giving you a good story. And like, I mean, Stan Lee tells everyone like Magneto and uh and Xavier are Martin and Malcolm. Yep. That's the parallel. Like literally. So he just kind of takes what's going on in the world and puts it in the books. Yep. And that's what I think that's what makes Marvel stick. Like yeah, because historical I, references. I don't think DC did that too much with theirs. I feel like they were just like, all right, let's just make up some niggas. Yep. Yeah, they really. They, they didn't really want to get political. With they didn't want to get you know what I mean. They didn't want to yeah. put they. Yeah, because then after that they brought Black Panther, which literally was based mm-hmm. upon the parties. Yeah. They they weren't they were never afraid of. 
bringing political issues into Marvel just more willing to shake the dice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now they got freaking LGBTQ plus. Well, I mean, everybody got that shit now. The new Superman gay. They about they about to they about to drop the first trans superhero. Who? Uh, Marvel. Where? Yeah, that's a trans and that's a non-binary. They, yeah. they got two. I, I saw that like yesterday. Or the Wait, day. non-binary. Yeah. Who? I don't know what, I mean, they, what they are. They don't they even know the characters they, yet. They, they are they making two, these new? They said uh, there's two new superheroes that they're gonna be. Because DC has just been revamping the, the current one. So, like, Wonder Woman has been lesbian. Fucking Harley Quinn is lesbian currently. She's with uh, Ivy. They're both lesbian. And then um, uh, Superman, Aquaman, and somebody else are gay. Aquaman be fucking fish. Well, it's the black Aquaman, oh, though. That's the part that makes it crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. And in Young Justice. You want to watch Young Justice? You should watch Young, Young Justice. Justice Young good, Justice is fire. And they put a polygamous relationship in that shit. Between a dude, a fish dude, and a girl, and the, the dude is pregnant. It's Nixie. The shit is wild, son. Shit is wild. Okay, I'm gonna watch this shit. It's good. It's really good. And then one of the superheroes, she just she was like, I don't want to be a girl or a boy. She was like, I'm a them. So she's non-binary. Her name is Halo. Which is, you know what I mean? So I feel like DC is trying to embrace everything that's going on currently yeah. now. You know what I'm saying? So they're trying to do their little catch-up phase as well. I like it, man. I like the comics talk, man. Yeah, me too, man. Even TV show. TV shows. Because I've been trying to, you know, I know y'all tap in a little bit with, with, with the television. Yeah. Y'all watching Atlanta? I haven't watched the fourth, third season. I watched a few episodes, man. It, it just started off real crazy. I understand. I understand. In the same way, okay. So I'm, I'm gonna just. So in the same way that we looking at Kendrick's album mm-hmm. and how people are like, yo, he's preaching, he's doing this, he's doing that. If you actually listen to the music for what the music is for, you would understand. If you look at Atlanta, I understand what we got the first two seasons. We got comedy. Mm-hmm. Shit was cool. Now it's turned a little bit into an anthology, and it's just giving us. Shit that's going on today. Obviously, it's given us um, it's given us a lot of um, conversations that a lot of Black people have within the home. You know, reparations. Fucking um, what was that last one about? Oh, um, how how light skinned people deal with being, you know, pat, white passing. Like 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 a logic looking motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like. These are conversations that we have within the home or with with each other, but then they're putting it on the screen, and that's how I've been looking at it. Lena is okay. This is the same shit we was talking about last week. They just put it on TV. Mm-hmm. I understand motherfuckers think it's preachy or it's uh, why are we getting this? Why are we? They're just so woke and trying to do this. Yeah, but it's like at the end of the day, number one, it's entertaining because that episode that I had y'all watch, that was in black and white. That shit was funny as fuck. So yeah, that was good. That was good. Especially the ending. Yeah. So it's like yeah. motherfuckers don't expect certain things, but when Donald Glover or Childish Gambino gives you, you know, shows like Atlanta, you get a show like a uh, uh, Little Dicky and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers think that, oh man, they're just trying to, they're beating us down with knowledge and shit like that. But why do, why are motherfuckers afraid of knowledge? Why are you afraid to, you know, expand your mind a little bit and just, you know, think, think a little bit. You know, get away from what everybody's been telling you and just 
you know, do your own deep dives for yourself. That's how I felt about, you know, a lot of things, a lot of things in life. I think, um, to be honest, most people are overwhelmed, man. You got to think we, uh, we look at life from a microscopic point of view, especially mm-hmm. with things like social media. We're checking on the se- like people's lives, the seconds, every second of somebody's life. We're watching every frame of your story when you post it, man. So, like, when you give somebody information they have to think about and process, their mind is not, at this point, their mind is not ready for that. It's not used to it. They're, they're getting exhausted when you try to present them with some real information. So, um, I liked how Donald Glover makes things uncomfortable. Yes. Like, you're going to laugh, but at the same time, you're going to be like, oh, that's... Oh, hard. shit. It's a couple like, episodes. I, even in the second season and shit, where I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Inconvenient truths, man. And I feel like as as you know, black people, colored people in the in in the United States, you know, we got to deal with a lot of that uncomfortability, or even having these conversations with people and trying to, you know, rationalize why you should be in a certain space with you know these people. Yeah. You know, so I don't know, man. I just feel like Atlanta is one of them shows that I've been watching that people have been shitting on lately, and for not a good reason. You know, in the same way that people are trying to shit on Kendrick's new album. And it's like, you guys don't give it time. In the same way, I didn't give it to Pimple Butterfly time, but then look at how it aged. It aged gracefully. Yeah. In the same way that I was telling people at the beginning, yo, when the album comes out, it's not for those who are... There's a nigga on, Insta- on uh, Twitter right now talking about, yo, this ain't Future, this ain't Ken- uh, Kodak, this ain't this, this ain't that. This ain't, this not, that's not what it was for. Kodak's literally narrating part of his album. And a lot of people ain't going to really understand the Kendrick off top because, one, it's a big therapy session. The first half is addressing his sins. The We're second half that, right? is him addressing, is literally asking forgiveness for everything he's done. And it's like, it took two, it takes two or three years to really come to terms with that. Bro. Like, and not a lot of people are going to pick that up. They just want to hear, what's the single? What's the shit that's going to hit? What's going to be on the Turn radio? On yeah, if you're what's not at that point in your ass and shit. If yeah. you're not at that point in your life when, when you listen to it, then when you are, it's going to hit. Exactly. If you haven't experienced what he's talking about, or if you haven't come to grips with those feelings that you have inside with yourself, it's not going to hit. What I've been telling people is, I feel like, in the same way that you just said, it has to grow on people, or it has to, it'll hit you when it hits you. I feel like that is what defines a classic album, is that it goes through all of these generations and all of this time, and yet it can hit different people, different times. It'll hit my son when it hits my son. When he's able to pick up music and shit like that, he'll listen to Good Kid, Mad City and be like, damn, this is some shit. I'm going to still listen to it. My father can listen to it right now. You know what I'm saying? Generations, I feel like that's what makes a classic album if generations are listening to it. You know what I mean? So I feel like even with this one, like what you're saying, it'll take some time. Motherfuckers, you'll have to sit on this. You'll have to breathe. You'll have to eat. But... At the end of the day, this is still going to be one of them ones. Easily. Yeah. yeah. I ain't even made it through the whole thing, but every song is good from the first eight. Yeah, I've, I've went through it a couple times. The first time that I listened to it, accidentally had it on shuffle, which was fine. <laughs> I was like, damn, <laughs> this shit is going crazy. It was just hitting all the, all the fire shit, though, at first. So I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And then it got into the slower, the fucking um the crowns and the, you know what i'm saying so yeah. it got into the more melodic more fucking i'm talking to you i'm letting you know some shit 
and that's what they said that this shit was like because it, it is split up it's um it's like one one eight and one nine yeah. yeah so it's like um i feel like the, everybody's saying this first half was the best half of it but i feel like when i mixed it up like that it definitely gave me the gems that i needed you know what i mean easily man like and I, I try not to harp on new music, especially when it's like new, new. Mm-hmm. Just because it has to have time for everyone. But I was able to just, just immediately understand what he was trying to do, dog. Like, just the understanding of you needing to heal yourself and the fact that you do wrong sometimes, man. Even though you, even if you're a good person, you do wrong. That nigga said, I fuck white bitch. I hope my ancestors. He got to hope his ancestors forgive him. I mean, that's how he feel. And that's the thing. Like, sometimes you listen to it the first time and you're trying to judge it and whatnot. And, like, you miss a lot of the shit that goes over like, your head. Those bars just go over. Mm-hmm. Like some of the shit could be like a double entendre or some shit like that, and it's like it just you listen to it and you listen to it like for face value, and then when you actually understand what he's talking about, it's like oh shit. Cause you listen to Good Kid and think he's impenetrable. He dodged. He dodged gang violence. Um, he dodged alcoholism. He dodged this. He <clears> dodged that. But then he tell you all these years later, like man, I just ended up being addicted to sex, man, cheating on my wife all the time, grieving through my problems. And it's like, damn, you got caught up anyway. You know what I'm saying? I love how you just broke that down. Because it's like, every time he's telling these stories, like, niggas just miss that. Fuck, from um, Section 80. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's okay, now you growing here. up in this shit. He had, a, he had a house party with a girl. She telling him X, Y, and Z. Yo, we crack babies because of this. You know what I mean? We've been put in this situation because of this. And now you 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 watch his growth as a man, as a rapper, you know what I mean, as a human being. And I think that is what connects me so much with Kendrick and that's what made him my favorite rapper, you know, from the first time that I heard him. Yeah. I was like, "Yo, this shit resonates too too well with me." And then it just kept growing. And it kept growing and it was like, "Damn, like I just this nigga I mean, He's he's the best to me. Shit. But that's how that's kind of how I feel about Chris music, man. Chris is a big fan of Kendrick, but what Chris don't realize is when he puts his life into his music, mm-hmm. a lot of people just come up to him like, yo, you just damn near talked about my whole life. Bro. For like three minutes straight. Yeah, that shit happened a lot. Like I, I'll be talking to somebody about a song and they'll just be like, Man, this I was going through this at the time when when I heard useless, useless did this for me. Uh, Kings Need Queens was perfect because it just brought me back to where I was with my girl. Nigga got a little slow, a little late. That's how you gotta be. <laughs> that's that speaks yeah. to my soul. I be looking at these niggas like, this is, <laughs> bro, like, just listen to the fucking song. Really Y'all niggas, like, for real. Y'all niggas are showing up. With, uh, it's whatever. It's whatever. Listen, I feel like if y'all not listening to Chris, man, y'all, y'all missing out. Make sure y'all listen to a little slow a little late that shit right there will get you that'll be the jump start that's where i got jump started i got jump started from there that project is very special because it's one of our most collaborative Mm -hmm. um it's very it's at a very interesting juncture in his life um and the music that you hear like if you just kind of listen to the songs you're getting a glimpse into like some of the deepest parts of this dude like he, he 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 we had a concept for the first album chestnut checkers he kind of addressed it but like on that project, bro, was it Christopher? Yeah. On that project, dog, you kind of talk about like some some intimate aspects of your life you never really addressed like that, bro. And I don't really even think about it like that all the time. Yeah. 
Because yeah. I'm really just I'm going off day to day. Or I'm going off whatever is going on and I'm putting it in. So I'm never thinking about it and sitting back like, oh, man, I've gave people a different glimpse. But I did know over time that I had to do more and I had to be more expressive just as an artist in general. Just understanding that that's important. Like, it's great that I know how to put words together really well. Like, it's cool that I got bars, but it's like if I'm not... I can give you a bar that's hard, but if I'm not giving you something to take home with you, that's meaningful. That got wait wait to it. What's the point? You're gonna forget a hot bar. Yeah, you know what I'm saying you're not gonna forget one that that applied to you and stuck with you. And you was driving home, and you like, like shit. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I got a lot of those now. I feel like now now you can apply my music to your life the way people do. People tell me they listen to me in the gym or they listen to yep. me when they on their way to work, stuff like that. But I was on my way to the gym or I was working some job I hated or whatever when I was making this shit and then just kind of pushing it forward. Like, Chris, I'm sorry, go ahead. Songs like Man of the House, like I've been the, the oldest man in the crib. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been the only guy really holding it down before. So for you to spit something like that and me listen to it and run it back – kind of just take me to embassy place bro you take me to 609 tory court where i grew up you know i'm saying like man of the house is special for me because you know what i mean i never really had to ask two people to do something you know what i'm saying my my mother was my day-to-day person how i saw her you know what i'm saying i tapped in with my mama just on a whole different level because i'm her only child you know what i mean so our telepathy is just different in that regard you know what i mean so and Ever since me and him been together, as far as work, man, I always make a song about my mom. We we have Mama's Only Boy. Mama's Only Boy, one of like my biggest songs, as far as like my my core fans go. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the samples that he that he chopped up the craziest out of all the work we done did. Mm-hmm. Like we got Mama's Only Boy, and then we got um, Mama's Favorite Dropout. Just a bunch of different songs. Where it's just like I talk about my love for my mother a lot. I'm not one of them niggas that's like cool about it or like yeah, nigga, I'm a mom. Nigga, like, my mama worked super duper hard for me to even pop my shit and really even develop an ethic and, and had time to figure out what I wanted to do because I had a mother that didn't like that impress me and then when she saw that I was good at something she 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 pushed me toward it. You know what I'm saying? And, and she and she encouraged it whether I was playing baseball or whether I was hooping or whatever I had going on, whether it was academic, she pushed me toward things that were of interest to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying so I forever owe somebody letting me figure it out. Right. You know what I mean? You don't always get that in a parent. Facts, bro. Facts, man. Because I feel like parents, um, I feel like nowadays, I feel like we, well, I'm a parent. Y'all got kids? Ah, gee. I feel like, well, me and Willie and Cable, um, we try to make sure that in the same way that um, we wanted that support from our parents, we're giving that to our kids because I feel like back in the day, like not everybody was given that luxury of having parents that were going to show you and give you love and be like, yo, go ahead, pursue these dreams and do these things and, you know, make something of yourself other than working for somebody else. Right. You know what I mean? I know my parents was like my my father was happy when I joined the military. All right, cool. He's going to get some structure. Boom, boom, boom. All right, cool. Now I'm out. Then it's like. What's up? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, just because I'm not working for the man no more, working for a man or anybody else, I'm working for myself. Do you believe in me? You right. know what I mean? And that's where I feel like parents nowadays are pushing harder to be like, yo, I believe in you. Go ahead. Push for that. Do that. Yeah. Do that. And that's ill because that's where a lot of like, like me and my pops tight. 
You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, like, my pop's admiration for me coming a whole different kind of way because he's literally seeing me do the shit that I'm telling him I'm doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, he, it, it amazes him sometimes, but it's just like, to me, I've been in practice damn near 10 years with just as far as how I even think of, it, think of this. I'm 25. I'll be 26 this year. Been dropping since I was, like, 16, but I've, it's all been me applying just what I see. But my pops love the shit I do. You know what I'm saying? At a point in time, he the only person that could have got me to stop rapping. Like, if he would have told me he ain't fuck with me rapping, that shit would have fucked with me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would have been nobody else. I ain't never factored anybody else worried into what I do. You know what I'm saying? But when my nigga love that shit, I was cool. Yeah. You know what I'm right. saying? So knowing that he hear it and know, knowing that, like, you fuck with me in a different way, he hearing my life and aspects that I don't express to him. So he really hearing me just lay it out. You know what I mean? He always say like he don't, he just he just hear me as me because he just he just thinks about like seeing me grow up. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that shit tight. Just think in terms of like how like how much of a scope your parents lose as you grow up and mature. You become closer with your friends than you do your family sometimes. So for them to be able to listen to his music and learn about what's going on is it's 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 a rare gem, bro. So it's a precious gem that should be kept sacred bro so i'm glad his dad really respect his music like that because he had text me a line i said and be like damn for real you know what i'm saying a word (laughs) see that's how that's how i be feeling about the podcast and shit like that that's why i be dropping certain things in here or saying certain things like how my parents or what they did or certain just certain aspects about my life just to see if motherfuckers is really watching because i drop my episodes everywhere for my my parents to see i send that shit directly to them niggas just to see yo you know if you're gonna this is what your son is doing yeah. So you know what I mean. If they end up catching those gems in there, then I would hope that they would come back. But obviously, niggas ain't watching. So I got blessed to have parents. <laughs> or as they watching, they don't want to talk about it. Or that. Like, or that. My mom did ask me one time, like, I just like, why you gotta curse so much? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I just really had to tell her, like, mom, I would never talk in your house like this. But this is how I talk when you're not around. You know what I'm saying? And this is how like certain things make me feel. <laughs> but you said some real shit too um, The music or, or what you're putting out there Is basically like What they see you for now Because they don't have you Like close They don't have you in the house whatnot. Yeah. You're in a whole different state Whole different city So it's, it's It's just a different perspective You know Like Being in the military And traveling around the world And whatnot Like My family only know Like what I allow them to know yep. Of me So I feel like you You'll get to a point If you're not there already where they're only gonna know you through your music, through what you're letting them see, because they don't get to see you on a day to day basis yeah. like they used to. We give our we give our family Instagram pictures and captions, man. Just yeah. little moments that goes on in our life. But like when you listen to the music, he's saying me and Devin tired of eating off kind of living off La Rosas. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we was in that motherfucker with that motherfucking three for twenty five medium. Two for twenty two sometimes like nigga, what on Queen <laughs> on, on motherfucking Queen City? But, uh, the pizza got to stretch three to four days because we just on that type of grind. You know what I'm saying? Putting just, everything into this music. You know what I mean? Just spinning where it need to be spent at, man, and just like truly going for it. And, and shaking the dice in some of the biggest ways, and it always pays off, man. I can't think of a time it did. And even if we didn't get what we want out of it, we learned something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it's all on how you look at things. I don't know. You ain't really, I, I can show niggas the invoices. I done spent money on myself. I done invested in myself. I done really tried to put my best foot forward. And Such I a design. Come on. 
You know what I'm saying? Just like Batman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Superhero right here. First hero, no super. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, Chris, man, what is coming up next? What can the people expect? Um, you know what I mean? When can they see you again? Uh, please come to my coming out party at Brooklyn Bowl. You feel me? Friday, May 20th, Mikey Xavier's Hip Hop and Poetry. I've been out here in Vegas for about a year and a half, man. And, and you niggas show me love, man. You know what I'm saying? Y'all done showed me love in this last hour with telling me how everybody see my shit. Because I'm outside, but I ain't in everybody grill and know really how everybody feeling. And I just, but I feel the love when people tap in with me and hit me up and do shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's always cool. But please come to the coming out party. You feel me? Come fuck with me. That's the best way. Seeing is believing. You feel me? Uh, we going to drop a new song on Friday as well. Can't Stop the Rain. Vardy and I already heard it. This heard nigga it. made one of the sickest beats I've ever heard in my life. And we just doing what we do. You feel me? Spreading that shit out here as well. Word. So Chris Crooks with an underscore Twitter and Instagram. Music on all streaming services as well. You feel me? We here. You know what it is. Uh Chef man, let them know. Let them know. About you too, man. So that way that motherfuckers can hit you up if they need the five beats, man. Man, look, follow me on everything at Crew Chef C R E W S H E F F. I can't stress that S enough, man. <laughs> He's like, spelling my nigga name like he a Russian diplomat. Some of my, <laughs> hey, some of my plaques still say Kane. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I feel like yay yeah, sometimes, bro. But, man, I'm trying to work with everybody I can in Las Vegas. Like, I'll make a beat for your little cousin. You Let's know what I'm it. saying? Like, I'm really just trying to get my name out there, have some motion. And some guys I already want to work with. Kenyatta, Jerry the Black, Vic. I'm trying to get in a mix with any and everybody I can here, man. So, come holler at me. Saying that it's a lot of fire niggas out here. I'm ready to work. Me and Nino got something crazy. Ooh. I already, oh, I already know. I already know. Let's yeah. do it, yeah. baby. Nino got some gas. You know, me and Quick got hella shit on Tuck. Me mm-hmm. and Quick literally got an album worth of shit. Right. We keep on pushing shit, man. We gonna have one of his singles going on soon. You feel me? He got the one with Kenyatta and Iris to slapping right now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So we gonna add to the mix with that. You know what I'm saying? Family mean everything. And man, quick I want to work with niggas. I want to tap in out here. It's a lot of cats that you introduced me to. Y'all didn't introduce me to. Damn, everybody, everybody give me hip to his fire. Yeah. You know I mean? So we outside. Bet it up. Bet it up, man. So May 20th, man. Make sure y'all get y'all tickets. Brooklyn Bowl. We will be outside. We're going to be talking to the people. We're going to be talking to the artists. Uh, you know what it is. We'll be out there. Uh, Chris Crooks will be performing. This shit's going to be fire, man. Um, yeah, make sure to check us out. Make sure y'all. Subscribe, like, comment, follow the guy. Make sure y'all get all of his music on all the DSPs. And we are out. You know what it is. Yeah.